Yep. Larry loves to edit that whole thing out. That's his favorite thing to do. It is. Are we ready to go? Lead the way, Larry. Welcome to another potentially useful episode of the TCAPS Loop Podcast. Today I'm joined by Danielle Brostrom. And is that the grand poobah of pedagogy's music I hear? <laughs> Why, yes, it's Mr. Andy Phillips. Before we ladle in the broth from this week's meat of the show, I'd like to savor the sweet smell of TCAPS Loop's moment of zen. You don't have to worry about burning bridges if you're building your own. I recently saw a tweet celebrating the first day of March 2021, and a reply stated it's more like the 366th day of March 2020. Needless to say, there's been a great deal of change over the past year, and a great deal has been asked of educators to adapt to those changes. Andy has joined us to celebrate the different ways teachers have embraced change and increased their own learning. So, We've, we have asked a ton, a ton of our educators over the past year. A lot has changed. The landscape has changed significantly. What are some of the ways that you guys have seen our educators embrace that change and really kind of leverage some of the resources that maybe we've offered them over are the past? Are we really going to really jump into it just like that? Can we not have some playful banter before we, no, no, we no. get into the, the theme of the podcast? The fact that I have entrance music now is such an upgrade. I cannot wait to hear what kind of entrance music the Grand Poobah is getting. I think I also might make some t-shirts and start wearing, well, I'll put a collar on it because where I work, we're gonna put we're gonna wear collars so we look professional, but I might put a, a seal that says Grand Poobah over my, oh. on a collared shirt, maybe with the TCAPS logo. I'm thinking a blazer patch. Yes. Now, a red, a red blazer with that patch on it would be fantastic. Can I? So I, I, I'll jump into your question, but I, I first have my own moment of zen that I think follows along with this topic. Um, this one was uh, quoted from the great mind of Pinterest, which means it's anonymous, I think. It's just a picture that I found. And it says, helping one person might not change the whole world, but it could change the world for one person. So as I was looking for my customary own moments of Zen, that one that one rung true for me because that's something that I think I think that's kind of where we are right now. Is we I, I'm noticing a lot of teachers and principals, and I mean even even central office administrators giving people tips that are um, really customized to what maybe a current need is, and you can just see uh, you know light bulbs go off. Um, I, I was thinking about like uh, independent study people do also now that now that um, people that may not have been comfortable with using tech tools have really, I mean, the, the growth there has been exponential. Now they're discovering that if I have a question, I can go to Google, just like probably Larry, I think we've talked about this. You're you fix cars up here and there and you google everything and you watch a youtube video and that's how you figure out how to connect the right hose to the right the right spot i think teachers are doing that same thing right now too 
then I think they're sharing it with colleagues because a lot of people are in the same place. Um, one thing that I saw that was super cool as a result of our um, the PD that we had on, this one was on January 18th. So we had two PD days. We had one that was all staff. And the, the most popular things there were the um, teacher presenters for sure. But then we had one on the 18th, which was a half day, and it was uh, it was much smaller scale, less presenters, less participants. And I attended one um, from Emmerich D, who is a, a choir teacher at West Middle School, and um, he presented on the fourth, more music centric um, session and, and using ed tech tools. Then he he um, put in for a presentation on the 18th, and he's like, "This the stuff that I'm doing is not just music centric and." I thought that was pretty neat too. Uh, and the people that attended were were not just music teachers. But one of the things that he shared that I, I, I don't know, kind of inspired the comment I sent to you about a good topic for a podcast was um, he told teachers in his session, and some of them probably knew this because it's it's a fairly low level thing and some of them, their mind was blown. But he talked about how you could, when we're in virtual, a virtual setting, how in your classroom, you can use your projector as a, as, a, as an extension of your screen versus um, just relying on your laptop and having it be a mirror of your screen. And so he said, so you can put what your content is on your, on your projector and then on your laptop, you can have your slideshow and you can navigate that way. And that was something that the people in his presentation, those that didn't know that, that was a game changer for them. So it's like, I think, I think we're at the point where we're searching for those game changers for people, those things that are just really I mean, they could they could range in simple or they could be super complex. It's real similar to what Danielle sends out too. I think Danielle, as you send out your stuff to teachers, you're looking for that stuff that is uh, usable right now. And then on the engagement meter, super cool. Like something that's gonna really be usable and real world useful in, in the setting that you're in. So anyways, that's what I'm noticing. And, I, and I'm thinking, I, I really like seeing teachers sharing that stuff with each other or people that do similar jobs sharing it, you know, with each other. There's my thoughts. Those are great thoughts. Now that so many people are engaged in educational technologies and in developing their skills there, it's, I think, imperative for us not to assume that they know the things that are, are maybe base level. And those could actually start or create that aha moment that leads to other things. Um, Danielle, when you're out instructing teachers or, you know, trying to impart your wisdom, what have you found? I found that right now, a lot of teachers are looking for time savers. They're looking for that working smarter and not harder. Um, like I know I've worked with three different teachers in the last week about using embed codes with Brightspace. And it seems like this, wow, you just said a bunch of words that are really techie. I'm going to back away a little bit. <laughs> but when you code. show, <laughs> I know, right? You're coding. But when you show them what it means, they're, they're teaching from the slideshow. So if they take that slideshow and they embed it in Brightspace, it will automatically update. And that's been a huge time saver for them because then they're like, wait, I don't have to go in and republish it to Brightspace. No, it just is this automatic feed back and forth. And I think a lot of teachers are excited about those kind of time savers. You know, the new Google update where you can end the meeting for all, that's a huge time saver because then they don't have to wait for all the kids to end and then go back and turn the quick access off so kids can't get back in and use the meet without a teacher there. Just those 
those things that are going to save them time so they can actually focus on the teaching and learning and all the things that are happening right now with the pandemic. I think that that's a good place for ed tech right now to be. I think too that um, for people that are gaining comfort level with ed tech and then those that are like extremely comfortable with ed tech, the other, the other thing that has been happening is that it's, it's this weird, Daniel knows this really, really well, but it's this, it's this like balance between you don't want to insult someone's intelligence by offering a, a, like a lower level or beginner skill. But at the same time, I think something I've learned since March 13th is, you know what, throw out there that, that low level skill. You say like, uh, you may already know this, but did you know that this simple thing is available? And sometimes you'll say, yeah, I knew that a long time ago. And other times that'll be, that'll be that time saver or game changer for someone. Yeah, I, that's just something that that I've been uh, noticing here and there. The walls hopefully are coming down a little bit with vulnerability with one, seeing if your colleague knows something that you know, and two, colleagues asking each other for for help with even, you know, somewhat simple things. Sometimes a worm is just fine catching a fish. You don't need the fancy spinner. Are you going to moment of zen that one? That was awesome. No, no, I, just, I was throwing out wow. the fancy fishing reference because I knew you'd, you know, that was, that was so good. I knew like to fish, but that was really a moment of zen. You should put <laughs> that on Pinterest. But, you know, when, when you guys are talking about this, you're talking about educators talking to other educators. Are you noticing back channels? you know, conversations among our, our staff or, or teachers in general concerning educational technology or new skills or skill development? Larry, I will say that I, I notice it in the questions that are being asked of me and it's no longer, hey, I'm looking at this and I want to meet and can we talk about this? It's there's three of us and we're meeting together and we want to move forward with this topic. Like I'm I'm doing a lot less one-on-one -on -one and I'm doing a lot more working with teams of teachers. And I think that's exciting because that shows that they are working together and they are sharing the things that they're making and that they want to bring in a coach for another perspective. It's pretty cool. And so I work a lot with um, leadership teams at schools. We also have to remember that leadership teams and staff meetings and PD is all done virtually too. And so principals and you know people that facilitate these meetings also have to gain skills because people get sick of doing the same stuff every time that we come and meet, you know? And so that's one thing that's been interesting is that it's similar to what Danielle is saying, you hear a leadership team say, we wanna, we wanna facilitate this discussion with our staff and here's the outcome. What do you guys think the best way would be to get at that outcome? Something that I, I like to try to do a lot as I facilitate things is, use tools that allow the thinking that we're doing to be visible with everyone and then also allow participation for every for everybody. That's one of the beauties of ed tech, even when we're completely back to normal and restrictions are lifted with small group work and, and class discussions. There are some adults and kids that, that really like to be able to type their comments in versus share them with the whole group. And so um, just, just kind of helping to facilitate the thinking around not only the, the outcome of a meeting or a lesson, but what's the best tool to get there? You know, like sometimes sometimes the best tool to get there is chart paper. We don't have that, that ability. So discussions of what our options are for different ways to replicate that electronically have been uh, interesting to take part in. Andy, have you been seeing too, like, I feel like teachers are diving more into the alternative assessments as well. Like kids are showing their work in a ton of different ways because of what's available to them with ed tech. It's so cool. Yeah, I agree with that 100%.
that excites me because that means we're seeing a lot of differentiation and personalization of learning. A lot of these tools have been available for a while, but now we're seeing um, our educators comfortable using them. It sounds as though they're finding support among their colleagues now or support the support that they need is easier to find among their colleagues now. Would that be accurate? For sure. I also think it's cool that whenever I'm meeting with teachers, it's very rare that we are all quote unquote at work. You know, somebody's in the car and they've got their phone on and they're on a meeting there and somebody We don't want to talk is, about that, Danielle. <laughs> no, I, I think there are safe ways that you can listen and have a conversation. I'm just saying I think it's cool that we are able to have these discussions wherever we are. It's no longer putting in these super long hours in your building. It's you're able to collaborate and make these connections wherever. And that's a big, a big aha for some teachers. Again, a simple thing that maybe they hadn't thought of before. Now we have um, tangible and concrete examples to follow up the advice with. So like, you know, a teacher or a building network or something might have an idea and they want to get that, that thinking to be visible out there. Well, we have other examples. Well, so-and-so from across town did it this way. And here's the link if you want to look at it to see what it actually looked like. So I, I think that that takes that to the next level. If someone can actually see the outcome and get excited about it, it makes the learning um, much more relevant to them, I think. It makes me think, you know, earlier, maybe a year or two ago, one of the things we really struggled with, Danielle, was the amount of tech tools that were out there and um, being able to kind of weed out the ones that were actually useful. I know, you know, we talked about Liz Kolb a lot and, and some of her tools concerning that. It seems like now that we were, we've been able to use many of them, that weeding out process of what is actually useful and what isn't useful has been done. So when, when you're suggesting resources to teachers, oftentimes you're feeling a lot more comfortable with the resources that you're suggesting. I agree with that. I do think though, there's still a lot of, there's still a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of, oh, this is, this is free. I'm an, but it's free, but they're giving me a free subscription until the end of June. All I have to do is sign up my entire district. It's free and it's not always good. So there's still a lot of noise that we need to filter through and use our resources to help us filter through it. Yeah, I, I'm getting a lot of that too, a ton of it and well-meaning well-meaning companies, but also using it as an opportunity to show how um, vital their product is. The reality is there's only so much that we can do. And then for my chair, there's only so much that I want to make sure that every person, teacher, student has access to so that it's um, it's similar. So we can we can guarantee that we're, we're doing consistent things with our students everywhere. And the more that we throw in those cool things, because they're, they're free now or free for six months, we can water down a lot of things. So what is the district doing to support that collaboration piece? Um, or, or what other development opportunities are, are we offering our, our teachers going forward? Is there anything coming up? Is there other supports that we're, we haven't mentioned? Yes, for sure. So we had big success. I, I'd say really big success over the summertime. We've talked about it before with teachers presenting the cool stuff that they're doing related to ed tech. We have YRTC. And I, I mean, we expanded on that last year big time by trying to provide teachers with you know, other opportunities to present to each other about things that they're finding useful. We will replicate that as well. We're always looking for opportunities to navigate the parameters of our calendar 
to get as many good learning opportunities out to teachers as we possibly can. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of discussions, but I, I'd say that one thing for sure that we'll do is we'll, and we've been talking about it already, is what we can do. We're talking about ed tech here, but there are so many other really current, relevant, and powerful issues out there that we also need to address with some of this optional learning stuff. So you'll see stuff coming out about social equity. There's big stuff on the horizon for that. You'll see stuff coming out about data use and uh, multi-tiered systems of support and English language learners. There's so much that we we need to teach people about all the stuff that's out there so that there's just a, a more of a common base understanding of lots of really, I mean, critical content. It all comes back to critical content. And there's just, there's so much and you don't know what you don't know. And there's only so much time to teach people about it too. So lots of stuff coming up this summer, lots of good opportunities for teachers. And Andy, don't you feel like it all connects? Like, you know, those topics that you mentioned, I'm like, oh, I know how to do that in in the ed tech world. And like, it all feeds together to provide what kids need. Yeah. You know, something I've learned that I didn't, I didn't realize until probably starting in July of 2020 is that when you say it all connects, I'd say almost everything that we're doing connects back to something related to equity and um, it really social justice. And uh, that's something that has been a mind blower to me. Uh, even when you think about ed tech related to, think of all the equity issues there are with ed tech and all the virtual learning that's going on with all the different different demographics, not only across our district and our region, but in the state. And um, you hear Dr. Van Wagner say quite often that there are plenty of districts across the state that haven't had a day of in-person instruction yet. It's March 3rd now. I've seen some that are still waiting until mid-March, March 8th. Some have celebrated coming back to in-person or hybrid. But just think about all the different equity issues that were going on in some some areas where Wi-Fi isn't, isn't accessible or uh, devices aren't available for students or the support structure for kids isn't there. So yeah, the equity piece, that's that's a big umbrella that I've learned that tons of stuff, almost everything relates back to. I want to cheer right now. Yes. Yes. Not, not just um, students, but I think we can't uh, sleep on the fact that there's equity issues for teachers as well across the state and and even in our region. If you don't have access to a Danielle in a, in a district or an administration that supports uh, that professional development, we're asking a lot of our teachers to, to go f- find their own, especially in a, t- in a period where there is so much change. I think one of the things that maybe uh, I would like to speak to as well, because we're talking about a lot of personal and individual growth from our, our educators, there is a balance there. And Danielle, you had mentioned it earlier, you can, you can do a uh, a meetup anywhere. You could do a Google Meet. And we're all kind of experiencing a little bit of uh, you know meet exhaustion or virtual exhaustion or Zoom fatigue. We do have to be mindful of the fact that there is a tipping point where it's not inspiring anymore. It's actually overwhelming. So you know, I don't necessarily maybe have a question, but maybe your own thoughts, your thoughts on maintaining that balance, Andy, especially for you as a leader. You know, you're looking at your staff and you're going, there's a lot going on and there's so many important things that we're trying to move forward with. How do we maintain that balance so we don't overwhelm our teachers? I worry about that one all the time. 
yeah, because there's so much and there's only so much time and everybody's um, situations are different. So from our office, we have all these, we, we have more really great committees going right now than, than I've seen in my third school year here. And then you also see a couple people that are participating in more than one of those committees. And those committee meetings are all taking place in the evenings, generally once a month for a couple of hours. It, the, the nice thing is, is that we're not all coming to Boardman or a place where everybody has to, you know, um, there's not a destination that the home, you see people at home most of the time, which is from my seat makes me feel better because at least I know maybe they got a chance to eat dinner with their family or, you know, you see a dog come in and maybe they're doing something, you know, in a, in a room in their house where they're more comfortable and less tired about feeling like they're in school for 12 hours in the day. But there's only so much that you can ask of people there. I um, subscribe to the theory of the coalition of the willing, um, but I also want to make sure that you don't, yeah, there's exhaustion with it too, like you said, Larry, and uh, being mindful of that is really important. And then I also think kind of piggybacking from that is there are plenty of people, I mean, just it's human nature that have the fear of missing out if they don't participate in, you know, certain things, especially certain things that they're really, really interested in or passionate about. So from my seat, the best thing that I think I can do is communicate and provide opportunities to participate that maybe don't require physical attendance at certain things. I think keeping people in a loop is really, really important. And then trying to find that through line of information or learning that everyone needs to know and using the limited time that we have to get it out to people. But I, I think I'm finding that the more stakeholders we get involved in what that information is and what the, the goals and, and, and vision are of the different things that we're working on, the more likely we are to have buy-in when that message is, is sent out to people during contracted time. There's just so much in that exhaustion pieces that always weighs heavily on my mind for sure. Danielle, do you have anything to add? I don't. I don't have it figured out. I struggle every single day. Some days are better than others. That's just how things are right now. <laughs> so... I didn't want to um, throw out there and maybe guys, I know you guys are both on, on Twitter, you know, utilize teacher Twitter. If you are seeking additional resources for, for your own individual professional development, social media is a, a, a certainly a dicey game right now. And you can, you definitely have to show some, some discipline <laughs> when going on there. So you don't fall down the rabbit hole. You know, teacher Twitter is a, it can be a pretty inspiring place. There's a lot of chats out there, you know, the Mishad chat. I was just noticing um, uh, Liz Kolb had a chat, which I'm sure was very, very interesting and inspiring. Um, but where do you guys go for those type of online communities? It's Twitter. It's, you know, I follow educators and I can scroll through and in five minutes I can get three ideas that I can try tomorrow. It's a great PD for me and that's what I use. My number one stop is my email because um, for my position, you end up getting involved in a lot of uh, listservs or organizations or companies' email lists. And then it's just trying to navigate through a couple things. One, the things that, that I can uh, fit in. And then two, the things that are of priority and interest for me. Uh, and then it's, it's trying, to, trying to figure out what is doable. Twitter is my is a good one for me too. Uh, I more use that to see where uh, 
other people are as far as other districts across the state and nation. But the content that I get is generally through listservs I'm involved with and email. Then I'd also like to add, it's really important, like Danielle said, something I struggle with all the time is trying to navigate it so that I'm not always doing school. There's there's enough stuff out there and the things that I uh, help facilitate for the district that I could I could go dust till dawn trying to listen to podcasts and attend speaker series and um, read the the most recent articles. So I've got to navigate it and then I've got to just be okay with anybody listening. Please, you, you've got to be okay with the fact that you can't digest it all. You just can't. And that's okay. And so um, hopefully you can rely on principals and colleagues and, uh, and central office to get you content too. This might be of interest to you, or this is a really important thing to read because this impacts your job right now. Trying to help navigate those challenges of uh, still having time. Because Twitter is also, I mean, you said it, it's, it's an interesting world. Just let it be entertaining for you sometimes too. And all your reading shouldn't be pedagogy. Just read, like find find some some YA fiction and read it just because you enjoy it or I get a newspaper and, and read it just for the just for the entertainment and pleasure of it. It doesn't all have to be about work. Give yourself permission. You almost have to make it a conscious effort to turn that um that work spigot off and actually live a little bit. But because it's always it is effort present or it can be effort present, you do have to kind of develop that skill to turn it off. Do we have anything else that we'd like to add on the topic? I just want to put a plug in for Wired TC. You talked about it, but I want to give dates. Um, we are doing August 10th, 11th, and 12th from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. each morning, and it is going to be virtual. So it's going to be great. Is that the first we've heard of this? That is the first. So I can't wait to hear what Larry edits in for the breaking news sound <laughs> clip. There's got to be something involved there. Kudos to you for being that organized um, and getting it on the docket. It's March. So woohoo, spring. We're year what? Year six, right? I think we're in year six. So yeah. there's a little timeline and checklists. If I don't get going in March, it's not going to happen in August, Larry. I, I'm impressed with your organization. So speaking of organization, have you organized a tech tool of the week? I actually do have a tech tool of the week. So I discovered the Google account settings. I don't know if you know this, but if you are in your Google Drive and you go to your little picture where it says TCAPs up in the upper right-hand corner and you click on that and you click manage your Google account, it takes you to this whole extra page where it talks about how you can manage your data and your personalization. It talks about critical security issues. Oh my word, it's got this giant red box that once I click take action, it tells me I have 29 compromised passwords that are out there somewhere that I need to change and takes me through step-by-step step how to change it. I've got third-party access that is um, risky that I need to remove their access to my data. I think that this kind of stuff is important. So I think that this is a good reminder. Every once in a while, go into your work account, go into your personal account, check that Google account settings page, 
and just see what kind of hints Google is offering to you so you can take better control of your info, your privacy, and your data. That is a nerdy tech tip of the week, but I think it's important. I have gone to that page many times and I'm kind of overwhelmed and leave it without doing anything and just feeling bad about myself. I just checked mine and I have one compromised password and luckily it's something that I use zero of anymore. So my worry is resolved. But a lot of people take the same password and they use it in 27 different sites. So then once it's compromised once, it's compromised 27 different times. So change it. Real talk today, Larry. (laughs) (laughs) So Andy, I, I know, I know for a fact that you have at least, at least one more moment of Zen. I sure do, Larry. I uh, I came prepared with several because I wasn't quite sure about the exact topic of the podcast this morning. I, in fact, found one that has several different ed tech good, uh, good quotes, but I'm gonna, I'll, I'll leave you with this one. So here's the last moment of Zen for today's podcast. It comes from Oprah Winfrey. Helping others is the way we help ourselves. Perfect. And another mic drop. Okay, so... In closing, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at TCAPSLOOP. At BrostromDA. At Fish and Sparty AP. No G in the fishing. All right. Subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Downcast, Overcast, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or wherever else you get your ear candy. Thanks for listening and inspiring. And you know what? Read a book for fun. That's what I want in your in your speech.